Chapter thirty one of Huckleberry Finn. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Chapter thirty one. We doesn't stop at any town for days and days, kept right along down the river. We was down south in the warm weather now, and a mighty long ways from home. We begun to come to trees with Spanish moss on them, hanging down from the limbs like long gray beards. It was the first I ever see it growing, and it made the woods look solemn and dismal. So now the frauds reckoned they was out of danger, and they begun to work the villages again. First they done a lecture on temperance but they didn't make enough for them both to get drunk on then in another village they started a dancing school and they didn't know no more how to dance than a kangaroo does so the first prance they made the general public jumped in and practised them out of town another time they tried to go at yellowcution but they didn't yellowcute long till the audience got up and give them a solid good cussing and made them skip out. They tackled missionaring, and mesmerizing, and doctoring, and telling fortunes, and a little of everything, but they couldn't seem to have no luck. So at last they got just about dead broke, and laid around the raft as she floated along, thinking and thinking, and never seeing nothing, by the half a day at a time, and dreadful blue and desperate and at last they took a change and begun to lay their heads together in the wigwam and talk low and confidential two or three hours at a time jim and me got uneasy we didn't like the look of it we judged they was studying up some kind of worse deviltry than ever we turned it over and over and at last we made up our minds they was going to break into somebody's house or store or was going into the counterfeit money business or something. So then we was pretty scared, and made up an agreement that we wouldn't have nothing in the world to do with such actions, and if we ever got the lease show, we would give them the cold shake and clear out and leave them behind. Well, early one morning, we hid the raft in a good safe place about two mile below a little bit of shabby village named Pikesville, and the king, he went ashore and told us all to stay hid whilst he went up to town and smelt around to see if anybody had got any wind of the royal nonsuch there yet house to rob you mean says i to myself and when you get through robbing it you'll come back here and wonder what has become of me and jim and the raft and you'll have to take it out and wondering and he said if you weren't back by midday the duke and me would know it was all right so we was to come along so we stayed where we was the duke he fretted and sweated around and was in a mighty sour way he scolded us for everything and we couldn't seem to do nothing right he found fault with every little thing something was a brewing sure i was good and glad when midday come and no king we could have a change anyway and maybe a chance for the change on top of it so me and the duke went up to the village and hunted around there for the king, and by and by we found him in the back room of a little low doggery, very tight, 
and a lot of loafers bully-raking him for sport and he a-cussing and a-threading with all his might and so tight he couldn't walk and couldn't do nothing to them the duke he begun to abuse him for an old fool and the king begun to sass back and the minute they was fairly at it i lit out and shook the reefs out of my hind legs and spun down the river road like a deer for i see our chance i made up my mind that it would be a long day before they ever see me and jim again i got down there all out of breath but loaded up with joy and sung out set her loose jim we're all right now but there weren't no answer and nobody came out of the wigwam jim was gone i set up a shout and then another and then another one and run this way and that in the woods whooping and screeching but it weren't no use old jim was gone then i sat down and cried i couldn't help it but i couldn't sit still long pretty soon i went out on the road trying to think what i better do and i run across a boy walking and asked him if he'd seen a strange nigger dressed so-and-so and he says yes whereabouts says i down to silas phelps place two mile below there he's a runaway nigger and they've got him was you looking for him you bet i ain't i run across him in the woods about an hour or two ago and he said if i hollered he'd cut out my livers out and told me to lay down and stay where i was and i done it been there ever since afraid to come out well i reckon there's two hundred dollars reward on him it's like picking up money out in the road yes it is and i could have had it if i'd been big enough i see him first who nailed him it was an old fellow a stranger and he sold out his chance in him for forty dollars because he's got to go up the river and can't wait think of that now you'd bet i'd wait if it was seven year that's me every time says i but maybe his chance ain't worth no more than that if he'll sell it so cheap maybe there's something ain't straight about it but it is though straight as a string i see the handbill myself it tells all about him to a dot paints him like a picture and tells the plantation he's from below new orleans no siree bob there ain't no trouble about that speculation you that you stay give me a chot to backer won't ye i didn't have none so he left i went to the raft and sat down in the wigwam to think but i couldn't come to nothing i thought till i wore my head sore but i couldn't see no way out of trouble after all this long journey and after we'd done for them scoundrels here twas all to come to nothing everything all bustled up and ruined because they could have the heart to serve jim as such a trick as that and make him a slave again all his life and among strangers too for forty dirty dollars once i said to myself it would be a thousand times better for jim to be a slave at home where his family was as long as he'd got to be a slave and so i'd better write a letter to tom sawyer and tell him to tell miss watson where he was but i soon give up that notion for two things she'd be mad and disgusted at his rascality and ungratefulness for leaving her and so she'd sell him straight down the river again and if she didn't everybody naturally despises an ungrateful nigger and they'd make jim feel it all the time and so he'd feel ornery and disgraced and then think of me it would get all around that huck finn helped a nigger to get his freedom 
and if i was ever to see anybody from that town again i'd be ready to get down and lick his boots for shame that's just the way a person does a low-down thing and then he don't want to take no consequences of it thinks as long as he can hide it it ain't no disgrace that was my fix exactly the more i studied about this the more my conscience went to grinding me and the more wicked and low-down and ornery i got to feeling and at last when it hit me all of a sudden that here was the plain hand of providence slapping me in the face and letting me know my wickedness was being watched all the time from the, up, up there in heaven whilst i was dealing a poor old woman's nigger that hadn't ever done no harm to me and now was showing me there's one that always is on the lookout and ain't a-going to allow no such miserable doings to go only just so fur and no further i most dropped in my tracks i was so scared well i tried the best i could to kinder soft up somehow for myself by saying i was brung up wicked and so i wasn't so much to blame but something inside of me kept saying that it was a sunday school you could a gone to it and if you'd a done it they'd learned you there that people that acts as i'd been acting about that nigger goes to everlasting fire it made me shiver and i about made up my mind to pray and see if i couldn't try to quit being the kind of a boy i was and be better so i kneeled down but the words wouldn't come why wouldn't they it weren't no use to try and hide it from him nor from me neither i knowed very well why they wouldn't come it was because my heart weren't right it was because i weren't square it was because i was playing double i was letting on to give up sin but away inside of me i was holding on to the biggest one of all i was trying to make my mouth say i would do the right thing and the clean thing and go right to that nigger's owner and tell where he was but deep down in me i knowed it was a lie and he knowed it you can't pray a lie i found that out so i was full of trouble full as i could be and didn't know what to do at last i had an idea and i says i'll go and write the letter and then see if i can pray why it was astonishing the way i felt as light as a feather right straight off and my troubles all gone so i got a piece of paper and a pencil all glad and excited and sat down and wrote mrs watson your runaway nigger jim is down here two mile below pikesville and mr phelps has got him and he will give him up for the reward if you send huck finn i felt good and all washed clean of, of sin for the first time i had ever felt so in my life and i know what i could pray now but i didn't do it straight off but laid the paper down and sat there thinking thinking how good it was all this happened so and how near i came to being lost and going to hell and went on thinking and got to thinking over our trip down the river and i see jim before me all the time in the day and in the night time sometimes moonlight sometimes storms and we floating along talking and singing and laughing but somehow i couldn't seem to strike no places to harden me against him but only the other kind i'd see him standing me a watch on top of his instead of calling me so i could go on sleeping and see him how glad he was when i come back out of the fog and when i come to him again in the swamp up there where the feud was and such like times and would always call me honey and pet me and do everything he could think of for me 
and how good he always was and at last i struck the time i saved him by telling the men we had smallpox aboard and he was so grateful and said i was the best friend old jim ever had in the world and the only one he's got now and then i happened to look around and see that paper it was a close place i took it up and held it in my hand i was a-trembling because i'd got to decide forever betwixt two things and i knowed it i studied a minute sort of holding my breath and then says to myself all right then i'll go to hell and tore it up it was awful thoughts and awful words but they were said and i let them stay said and never thought no more about reforming i shoved the whole thing out of my head and said i would take up wickedness again which was in my line being brung up to it and the other weren't and for a starter i would go to work and steal jim out of slavery again and if i could think up anything worse i would do that too because as long as i was in and in for good i might as well go the whole hog then i set to thinking over how to get at it and turned over some considerable many ways in my mind and at last fixed up a plan that suited me so then i took the bearings of a woody island that was down the river of a piece and as soon as it was fairly dark i crept out of the raft and went for it and hid it there and then i turned in i slept the night through and got up before it was in the light and had my breakfast and put on my store clothes and tied up some others and one thing or another in a bundle and took the canoe and cleared for shore i landed below where i judged was phelps place and hid my bundle in the woods and then filled up the canoe with water and loaded rocks into her and sunk her where i could find her again when i wanted her about a quarter of a mile below the stream sawmill that was on the bank then i struck up the road and when i pass the mill i see a sign of it phelps sawmill and when i come to the farmhouses two or three hundred yards further along i kept my eyes peeled but didn't see ain't nobody around though it was good daylight now but i didn't mind because i didn't want to see nobody just yet i only wanted to get the lay of the land according to my plan i was going to turn up there from the village not from below so i just took a look and shoved along straight for town well the very first man i see when i got there was the duke he was sticking up for a bill for the royal nonsuch three-night performance like that other time they had the cheek them frauds i was right on him before i could shirk he looked astonished and said hello where'd you come from then he says kind of glad and eager where's the raft got her in a good place he says why that's just what i was going to ask your grace then he didn't look so joyful and says what was your idea for asking me he says well says i when i see the king in that dogger yesterday i says to myself we can't get him home for hours till he's soberer so i went to loafing round town to put in the time and wait a man up and offered me ten cents to help him pull a skiff over the river and back to fetch a sheep and so i went along but when he was dragging him to the boat and the man left me a holt of the rope and went behind him to shove him along he was too strong for me and dragged loose and run and we after him we didn't have no dog 
and so we had to chase him all over the country till we were tired him out we never got him till dark and then we fetched him over and i started down for the raft when i got there and see it was gone i says to myself they've got into trouble and had to leave and they've took my nigger which is the only nigger i've got in the world and now i'm in a strange country and ain't got no property no more nor nothing and no way to make my living so i sat down and cried i slept in the woods all night but what did become of the raft then and jim poor jim blamed if i know that is what's become of the raft that old fool had made a trade and got forty dollars and when we found him in the doggery the lovers had marched half dollars with him and got every cent but what he'd spent for whiskey and when i got him home last night he found the raft gone we said that little rascal has stole our raft and shook us and run off down the river i wouldn't shake my nigger would i the only nigger i had in the world and the only property we never thought of that fact is i reckon we come to consider him our nigger yes we did consider him so goodness knows we had trouble enough for him so when we see the raft was gone and we flat broke there weren't anything for it but to try the royal nonsuch another shake and i've pegged along ever since dry as a powder horn where's that ten cents give it here i had considerable money so i give him ten cents but begged him to spend it for something to eat and give me more because it was all the money i had and i hadn't had nothing to eat since yesterday he never said nothing the minute he whirls on me and says do you reckon that nigger would blow on us we'd skin him if he'd done that how can he blow ain't he run off no that old fool sold him and never divided with me and the money's gone sold him i says and begun to cry why he was my nigger and that was my money where is he i want my nigger well you can't get your nigger that's all so dry up your blubbering looky here do you think you'd venture to blow on us blamed if i think i'd trust you why if you was to blow on us he stopped but i never see the duke look so ugly out of his eyes before and went on a whimpering and says i don't want to blow on nobody and i ain't got no time to blow nohow i got to turn out and find my nigger he looked kinder bothered and stood there with his bills fluttering on his arm thinking and wrinkling up his forehead at last he says i'll tell you something i got to be here three days if you'll promise you won't blow and won't let the nigger blow i'll tell you where to find him so i promised and he says a farmer by the name of silas then then he stopped you see he started to tell me the truth but when he stopped that way and begun to study and think again i reckoned he was changing his mind and so he was he wouldn't trust me he wanted to make sure of having me out of the way the whole three days so pretty soon he says the man that bought him is named abram foster abram g foster and he lives forty mile back here in the country on the road to lafayette all right i says i can walk it in three days and i'll start this very afternoon no you won't you'll start now and don't you lose any time about it neither nor do any grabbing on the way 
but just keep a tight tongue in your head and move right along and then you won't get into trouble with us do you hear that was the order i wanted and that was the one i played for i wanted to be left free to work my plans so clear out he says and you can tell mr foster whatever you want to maybe you can get him to believe that jim is your nigger some idiots don't require documents leastways i've heard there's such down south here and when you tell him the handbill on the rewards bogus maybe he'll believe you when you explain to him what the idea was for getting him out go long now and tell him anything you want to but mind you won't work your jaw any between here and there so i left and struck for the back country i didn't look round and i kinder felt like he was watching me but i knowed i could tire him out at that i went straight out in the country as much as a mile before i stopped then i doubled back through the woods towards phelps i reckoned i'd better start it on my plan straight off without fooling around because i wanted to stop jim's mouth till these fellows could get away i didn't want no trouble with their kind i'd seen all i wanted to of them and wanted to get entirely shut of them End of chapter 32 Read by Elijah Fisher